Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and I have another episode this week for you all. Starting things off, mention our sponsor, Eclipse Holsters. Great company. If you guys are looking to upgrade your holster, uh, maybe first-time gun owner, looking for that holster that's going to cover all the bases, protect your trigger, treat you right, EclipseHolsters.com. You guys can use our code prepared one five that's prepared one five to save yourself 15 percent off your order when you head over to the website they do holsters mag carriers wallets inside the waistband outside the waistband whatever you guys need jess and her team do an absolutely outstanding job and right now especially this is hard to find they guarantee shipping in three business days or less that's huge right now so eclipse holsters are proud sponsor of the prepared mindset podcast so thank you to them and this week uh, I have my friend Corey joining me to talk about um, just like some, some general gun knowledge and some, uh, for lack of a better phrase, just some education uh, as somebody looking at this from not having a firearm or having, you know, own them, looking at this from a, a lens of, uh, for, you know, like I said, lack of a better term, uh, a novice. So Corey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Um, so what I want to do is let's just have a conversation about questions that you have or uh, maybe like, I don't know, I'll point out like some misconceptions, things like, I know your boyfriend owns a firearm mm-hmm. and I know when, he, when you guys were over here hanging out, there was, it was weird for a second, <laughs> um, you know, because it's just, it's not your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with a lot of people, that's I think it's just more like the, not necessarily a fear, as it is like a just not knowing. Yeah, lack, I mean, lack of understanding is the root of all fear, so. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a very good way of putting it. And um, so, I mean, I can start, or if you had any questions you wanted to start with, let's put it that way, you know, I mean, because there's a lot going on in the world right now, right? We got a lot of discussion on gun control, um, you know, as Americans, the Second Amendment's always been kind of a huge thing for us right so so i guess to start off with a basic question what exactly is gun control because there's so many conversations and it's such a like a hot button topic you hear it in conversation almost daily especially on the news about um you know pro-gun control or you know what is the purpose of it or what well what is the basis of it so um and obviously i'm anti-gun legislation for Probably for the most part, honestly, there's some things I, I don't necessarily disagree with, but um, the point is right now, anyways, in the wake of this tragedy we had in Boulder, Colorado, right, this uh, mass shooting took 10 lives, um, is that through additional legislation, we make, we would, uh, or our politicians would make firearms harder to get for people, which in theory then would mean that bad people couldn't get them which would then in turn make us all safer. Um, and that they do it through things like um, closing the gun show loophole is one that's always thrown around, enhanced background checks, um, magazine capacity limits, caliber limits, uh, banning quote-unquote assault weapons. For civilians. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so our police force uh, forces, I should say, or, or you know, law enforcement agencies, um, military, they would still obviously have um, have access to those. Okay. We, but we, as uh, I guess normal Americans, uh, would not. That's essentially what they're getting at. 
So, but you would still be able to have a firearm. There would just be more limitations on getting your hands on one and the amount that you would be able to possess. For now, yeah. Okay. And I say that because basically, uh, and we did a previous episode on this, um, since, I don't know, probably like the 60s, 70s, it's just been like a, like a snowball effect of more and more and more restrictions um, <clears throat> and uh, just regulation on mm-hmm. how Americans can access firearms and things we can and can't have. Um, what, one of the things I always look at when we talk about gun control, though, is you look at places like California, look at places like Chicago, New York, who have already have in place restrictions on like magazine capacity. Um, in California, you can't. You have to have a they call it like a featureless rifle, um, basically meaning the the stock, the part you put on your shoulder, mm-hmm. that can't adjust. And it can't, right, it can't have a, special. You can have can't, just the basics. Like a hunting rifle. Okay. You know, um, and stuff like that. Uh, they have the highest crime rates because it restricts law-abiding citizens. Absolutely. And then criminals, mm-hmm. you know, um, people who don't follow the law, don't follow said laws, and then they have guns, and then there's problems. Absolutely. And that's kind of the problem that I, I do know that there is with gun control is that the whole premise is to make it harder for everybody to get guns, specifically the people that we don't want to have guns. Right. But I know that there's um, a country in Europe, and I, I want to say it's Denmark, uh, but I could be wrong, um, but I know it's in like the northern part of Europe. Um, they have very, very loose gun laws, so to say, mm-hmm. but they have one of the lowest crime rates. Yeah. So it's, the, and that, that's the true premise, here in, I think, in, is to make it so that people, the bad people don't have guns, but if everybody has them, then I think that that kind of ends up keeping it more at bay. It's kind of an unexpected uh, side effect, so to say, of not yeah. having as strict of restrictions. No, absolutely. And if you look at it here in America, it's the, the same correlations. Um, places like Utah or um, like Arizona or Texas. Texas, like they, yeah. Texas is always the huge one. Um, you know, cowboys and guns and stuff. But <laughs> um, yeah, where there is less gun control, um, there's usually lower crime rates because most crimes, um, when you look at, and, and and the statistics always like petty crimes like theft and stuff, but most crime in general, even violent crime, is a crime of opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, looking at tragedies like like school shootings, right, or um, bars, malls, and stuff. Those are all gun free zones. Right. Um, the the technical military term for that is some, it's called a soft target. So there's nobody there to shoot back. Right. You know. Exactly. So if you're one of these people that wants to go out and commit one of these, you know, acts like, okay, where am I going to go? Am I going to go shoot up a police station where they're all going to shoot back mm-hmm. at me? Or, you know what I mean? Um, fun fact, uh, Boulder, Colorado actually already had all of those gun control uh, pieces of legislation already in place. So it, it, they already had magazine restrictions. The store that was the um, setting for this, uh, the, the, the chain came out in 2019 and made a statement that they are gun-free and they do not want their patrons carrying arms. They have the enhanced background checks in Boulder. They mm-hmm. have the uh, red flag laws. They can come and seize your, your firearm. So all the stuff that they're trying to push on a national scale right now is pretty much already there, and it didn't stop this from happening. Right. So, I mean... Um, 
and I think it's because, and I, and I said this, uh, I think it was last episode or, or one of the other ones. Anyways, it's because it's easy to just blame a gun, right? It's easy to look at an inanimate object and say, that's the problem. Like, it's hard to look at the issue and say, well, how do you eliminate evil in the world? Well, where do we start? Parenting. Weapons are just a tool. You it's could, not Well, yeah. Big. You know, I mean, you can look at video games. We can look at TV. We can look at kids and your weird music. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, people <laughs> will find anything. And, and it's like... Yeah, it's a much harder question to answer, right? Yeah, digging so, for the root of the problem is always more difficult than just visualizing an object and saying, "Up oh, here, here we go." Well, this yeah, is that's the something you can throw to the masses and say, "Here, this is it." Right. You know, so with gun control, I think that um, it's an easy target. You know, for, politicians are always looking for reelection and stuff, but uh, like we said, it's it's an easy, tangible thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for people that don't know about firearms, it's a lot easier to kind of prey on that fear and just keep going at it and going at it and you know well this is the issue this is the issue rather than you know doing what like what we try to do here on the podcast and stuff where you just inform people right you know let's go to a gun range hey if you think it's so easy have you actually tried buying a firearm because there is back did you know that there's already background checks when you buy a gun i i knew that there was a little bit but i do I, I kind of always had that personal opinion or thought that I feel like background checks should probably be a little bit more intensive. Um, but I come from a little bit more of, like, the psychological background of the reasons for that. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I – well, I can't say that I didn't know that there was some sort of background check. I just don't know how intensive it really is. Yeah. And I feel like there should probably be more regardless of what it is – just from um, the mental health care standpoint. And I agree with that, you know, honestly. And that's the tricky part is like from a legal standpoint, you start establishing precedences and stuff. So in my mind, I think you need to be, we need to be really careful when we look at stuff like that. However, I completely agree that mental health is something that's often overlooked. And even you look at these like school shooters and mass shooters and stuff. And in, in some instances, there's, they were on watch lists from local police departments. They were flagged for internet stuff. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of indicators. Nothing's ever done. So one of the the prevailing arguments right now in gun in anti-gun control, like pro-Second Amendment crowds, is why don't we just enforce the laws that are already on the books? Right. <laughs> and let's start there rather mm-hmm. than just looking at we need to further restrict everybody else's rights. You know, and that is a, a right. You know yeah, I mean? work like, on what's already implemented. Yeah, not- and you don't, I mean, if you don't, you, like, if you personally don't want to own a gun, hey, more power to you. But that doesn't, that shouldn't mean that somebody else doesn't have the right to do it if they want to, you Absolutely. know, pr- protect themselves, protect their family, mm-hmm. especially with all the weird shit we got going on these days, you know, rioting and looting and, I mean, the rush on toilet paper, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, it's like, I mean, come on, look at the last year and a half. Everyone goes, oh, that'll never happen. It's like, yeah. mm, Never say never. Reconsider that statement. Absolutely. So, I mean, and and there's a lot to it. Um, That's why I don't think that restricting firearms uh, or types of firearms is is a good um, precedent to set either because when they just say assault firearms or assault weapons, um, that allows them to paint it with like a really broad brush. Mm -hmm. So like, let me let me ask you, as somebody who doesn't really know, when I say an assault rifle, what does that mean to you? So um, I obviously don't know a whole lot, um, but I did go to the gun range one time with a friend of mine, and um, 
they had two guns and one was like a nine millimeter handgun and the other one was an AR. And Mm -hmm. I was... I didn't even want to look at the AR. I was like, nope, I don't like you. I don't want you. Yep, like it those just over seems, there on the wall? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a very intimidating uh, weapon to me. And I don't love the idea of a handgun either. Yeah. But as a smaller person, the smaller weapon seemed like the easier choice to start with. And I actually hated shooting the handgun because there was so much kickback. I actually felt way more comfortable with the AR, mm-hmm. which totally surprised me. But, you know, you hear AR, assault rifle. I mean, that sounds... Very aggressive. Did you know it's not what that means? No. So AR-15 um, actually stands for Armalite Rifle 15th Patent. Uh, Interesting. Ar- Armalite being the company that that made the design. Um, it doesn't mean assault rifle. Really? And, uh, yep. And I had a coworker that goes, well, doesn't the 15 mean like 15 rounds a second? I go, no, <laughs> it doesn't. It's just the 15th patent. There's also an AR-10, which okay. is... It's the same. It looks exactly the same. It just it shoots bigger bullets that you would use for something like deer hunting, like a like a three hundred eight. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, like you're looking at my wall. There's a couple ARs right there, yes. and then there's the the hunting rifle on the <laughs> yes. table, right? See, I'm super familiar and comfortable with a hunting rifle. Uh-huh. I actually grew up like shooting target practice and things like that. So I'm not completely uncomfortable with guns. Yeah. But. Knowing that I'm shooting at a foam block or a fake deer is different. It's totally different than even going to a range and you're shooting a shadow that's in the figure of a, a person. Right. It's it, it feels very different. Here's the thing: the uh, the hunting rifle can actually shoot way larger ammunition and way further because of the ammunition than the the AR can. Oh, I totally I would totally believe that. Yeah, because you're trying to shoot something from 200 yards away or something. Yeah. You know. Um, well, and it's just, it's the, the misconception that's like um, these weapons of war, you know. So with an AR-15, that's, you, you shot one. Mm-hmm. Um, the the round that it shoots typically is a, uh, it's a either a two two three Remington or a 5.56. It's like a glorified varmint round. They're, it's actually very small. Um, yeah. And I can show you one later, but um, it's, it's incredibly small compared to what everyone's advocating for when they talk about shotguns shooting like a 12 gauge slug which is like the size of my thumb oh wow um you know it's quite large um in comparison or even the hunting rounds and stuff uh and to get to the point where you're looking at like machine guns Mm -hmm. you know where you're seeing like video games and everything that's everybody assumes these are that's what i think that's i think what i think of when i think of well apparently i was thinking ar in the wrong terms i was thinking either (laughs) assault rifle or or automatic rifle Mm -hmm. um just from not knowing. But yeah, you think of like Call of Duty machine guns that shoot <laughs> off a hundred rounds a second, yeah. you know? Um and that that I think is a lot of the fear with um civilians. It's like what is the purpose of a person carrying this around or or why why is that necessary versus, you know, a handgun that holds maybe what, eight to ten, possibly? Um most of the uh, well, yeah, there's some that, that hold that. Um, like the one I carry holds 15. Okay. Um, something like this, and just you guys can't see this, obviously, but I'm holding up a training pistol that's hard plastic. It's a Glock 17. This is like what your standard cop carries mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. This holds 17 plus one in the chamber. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And this is just something that's, you know, it's completely inanimate, but it's used for teaching and training and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, um, 
yeah so they look scary right ar rifles and it's it's funny because i think the media kind of pushes that because it's really um convenient you know ar Ooh, assault rifle that's it's it, easy it's, to scare it people says with it that right thing. there yeah. it says it in the name you don't need that mm-hmm. it's like well i mean need isn't really the question it's you know i mean mm-hmm. but um yeah so you shot one like they're incredibly soft shooting honestly they're yeah yeah it was it was actually a lot less scary shooting that than it was shooting a handgun there was so much more kickback in the in the, the handgun handgun well that it was unexpected you think smaller less but that's yeah, the complete opposite no. usually <laughs> and that's what i try to explain to people when they talk about buying their first gun because it's the same mistake i made i bought um an m&p shield so, so it's one of these small tiny little carry guns right yes um it shoots the same bullet as this glock 17 right so it's like imagine taking like a a a hemi motor out of like a a ram pickup truck or Mm -hmm. or like a dodge charger you know and stick it in a volkswagen beetle so all that power all (laughs) the same power that does normal stuff in the big truck but now you're in a volkswagen beetle it weighs less than like a third right right the, it's going to take a lot more to control that, you know, and all that power has got to go somewhere and there isn't the larger casing to kind of soften the blow. Right. Um, so everyone looks at it like, oh, it's smaller. That, that's cute. And I can, that matches my size because I'm more tiny. Comfortable, yeah. Right. Well, and for carry purposes, it is more comfortable because it's, it's just tiny. So it's less, that's like in your waistband or less weight on your hip and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but teaching somebody how to shoot, I would, I'll always and always recommend like go buy a full size handgun, especially if you're not sure you want to carry it, because you can still you can use it for home defense, obviously, right, and not require a CPL. You know, so then if you decide you want to carry, then later on the road you can buy a smaller gun once you know how to shoot, right? Did you know that you don't need a CPL for? No, I did not. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, CPL is just concealed pistol license. You only need it if you want to carry concealed. Here in Michigan, you can actually carry the gun out in public out in the open as long as you don't have like a as shirt over it. As long as it's it. not concealed. Right. Yes. Which sucks because I mean like with clothing the way it is, you know, if it accidentally were to drape over part of the handle, you could technically be found um, carrying illegally, which is, uh, nobody quote me on this, but it might be a felony. I don't know. I think it might be a misdemeanor. I, I could be wrong. I got mine <laughs> legally before I had to deal with any of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So if it's in your house and you don't leave without it, or if it's visibly open on you then you can then you don't have to have the specific license you yep. only need the license if it's for the concealed carry permit correct yep, yep. any any um non-felon american with uh there's there's some like qualifying factors with you have to fill out some paperwork when you buy one um but as long as you're not prohibited um legally in any way you don't need any kind of pre-existing license to buy a firearm in most states hmm. um i know a lot of states are starting to push for that right Uh, or that, um, I guess, lack of a right where they want you to have to apply for a firearms license, Um, which, again, I don't agree with because then it's the government deciding who's allowed to protect themselves and who's not. And they could find whatever reason, you know, I mean, they could. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but they they could find whatever reason they want to say, no, you can't have a gun. Okay. Or, like, um, waiting periods and stuff being what they are. Like, right now, Lexi can't, my wife can't carry because she's getting her last name changed on her CPL. And because of COVID, the backlog and everything and getting concealed permits, I think there's actually a lawsuit against Wayne County, which we're not in. But for those listening out of the the mitten, 
that's where Detroit is. You know, everybody knows Detroit. Um, they were last year in September or October. Um, they were dating people out to July of 2021 to get their CPL. Oh um, wow! Dude, and they said it was a backlog and stuff. But um, I think denying people an essential right is pretty crummy because then it's like, well, either become a felon and protect yourself and your family, or become a p- potential victim. You know, if you're buying a gun for self-defense. In some cases, there's you know there's cause for concern, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a you're a single girl living on your own and you're just worried, or or you got like a stalker thing going on. Like I've seen Lifetime movies. I know how this starts. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean reg- regardless of you know the the reason for wanting one. Bottom line is that it is the Second Amendment that you do have the right to have one. So you know, whether you feel like you want one for your own protection or honestly, just because you like them and you think you're co- they're cool and you want to go shoot target practice because you want it to be a hobby. That's regardless of the reasoning, bottom line is it is still the second amendment and you are allowed to, to, to have them. So to make it that, you know, that it's so backlogged and so, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess in, in the grand scheme of things, six, eight months isn't the longest amount of time, but we all know, you know, in the, the age of instantaneous, you yeah. know, gratification I mean, that, that, that is kind of the a flip long side, time. It's like, if you waited six or eight months to pay your property taxes, you know, like what would they do yeah, to absolutely, you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and it, yeah. And it's, it's one of these uh, essential, um, rights, you know, during the lockdowns, uh, gun stores were ruled to be essential services. So, I mean, because self-defense is essential. I mean, absolutely. Um, now, granted, I didn't need, I wish I would have gone out and bought like more ammo sooner because it's really expensive right now and I, super freaking hard to find. It, it, I know um, <clears throat> my boyfriend was trying to get some ammo for his gun that he recently purchased at yeah. that time. I think he and told me. And he was me, like, this he, is like double. <laughs> yeah. I think he told me he was like, I got one box mm-hmm. just because I bought it there. And they were like, here, because you bought the gun. We'll sell you the ammo. It's like, right. it's so hard to come by right now. And it was now. super limited. You could only get one one per month or something like that. Or they, you couldn't just come back day after day and continue getting no. boxes. They actually kept a record of who bought and how much. And- well, and like the local Cabela's here uh, in Chesterfield, they put out a picture on, or sorry, one of the, somebody in Chesterfield shared a picture. They had put like a pallet of ammo out. Um, and within an hour and a half, like just completely gone. It was the toilet paper for gun enthusiasts. Yeah. Honestly, probably more valuable. <laughs> Cause I know people that got like, you can work around the, the toilet paper thing. You know, people went and got bidets and like yeah, baby wipes and everything. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's tough right now. Um, but that's what, you know, and it really bothers me that, um, like the, the wait times and then that we're faced with these kinds of issues right now, because if you look at everything that's happening, um, to look at like the rioting and stuff we saw last summer. Um, now people are more concerned than ever about their personal safety and the safety of their family. I know um, people that, hey, my my wife, my significant other works in the downtown metropolitan area, you know, and when we started coming back together and having to work in those offices, okay, well, if that starts, because who knows when, mm-hmm. you know, something might happen, um, how are they supposed to ensure their safety just getting home? You know, or if you live down there, how are you supposed to protect your family? I mean, granted that a lot of these demonstrations and protests are peaceful, they, unfortunately, a lot of them degenerated right when it got dark out and it wasn't all protesters. It was, a you know, I, I watched live feeds of the ones in Detroit. 
there was the protesting. And then as soon as it got dark, it was just people out there being jackasses, doing donuts in the middle of the street in front of the cops. Things always and escalate, like, unfortunately. And they, yeah. they never escalate to a, a good degree. It always and, ends up in yeah, and if you're some sort of calamity. Somebody that, that lives in that area, just minding your own business, you know, I mean, like, you should have the ability to protect your family Absolutely. or yourself. Yeah, you there's, know. you know, thousands of people in the streets going crazy and... You know, you're you're sitting in there in your living room by yourself and thinking, okay, so I have a frying pan and a baseball bat, and that's yeah. about it. Well, and that's so that's the other thing that kind of gets me too is, and it's it's not really I don't think focused on the gun control that's being proposed right now, but stuff like body armor. Like I, I have body armor. <laughs> um, it's it's protective gear, and people go on and on about it and stuff like, um, you don't need that military grade equipment. I'm like, well, military grade, and I, Sam has attested to this because he was in the service. He was in special operations. Um, it's like military grade just means that it's supposed to last for a certain amount of time. It doesn't mean it's like super special. A lot of times you can get it as the stuff you get as a civilian is way nicer. Um, but body armor, all it is, is a like piece of paper is eight and a half by 11, right? Mm-hmm. It's a 10 by 12 plate that covers your vital organs. Right. It doesn't turn you into Iron Man. It just means that, like, you know, you're protected in your vital organs. You can still get shot in the arm, the stomach, the mm-hmm. neck. You know what I mean? Um, and people get a lot of heartburn over, over over people like me owning stuff like that. And it's just protective gear. If nothing else, like, do you remember, um, this is dating myself a little bit, the Washington, D.C. sniper? Because I think when it was happening, I was in, like, fifth or sixth grade. Oh, no. I think, okay, then that would be a little bit before like, my recollection. Yeah, you're a few years, quite a few years younger than, well, no, you're, like, what, six years younger than me? Something like that, I'm five or six. Yeah, you're almost six years younger than me. Yeah, so um, there were, I remember seeing it in the news and stuff, uh, people walking the streets of D.C. wearing Kevlar, wearing bulletproof vests and stuff. And it's like, oh, well, in that instance... You know, I mean, granted, yes, there was somebody with a gun doing bad shit, but like, oh, you know, if we were to restrict who has access to body armor, which by the way, again, felons can't have access to body armor. That's actually already a law. Really? Yes. I don't see, I don't see the purpose of restricting body armor because you're Life-saving not- Life-saving gear? Yeah, you're not, you're not inflicting harm on another human being by wearing that yourself. And that's what I, that's what a lot of uh, people- say too um and you see it less because of that argument it's so it's such an obvious argument um the thought is is something like um like the north hollywood shootout which are you familiar with that at all um there's a couple movie you ever seen the movie swat with colin farrell samuel L. jackson gosh um the beginning of it's a bank robbery and it's like three or four guys and they're wearing like big kevlar tactical vests and they're Mm -hmm. shooting ak-47s and stuff when the North Hollywood shootout happened, it, of course, all over the news, um, but it was a big standoff with the LAPD and the LAPD SWAT and these four assholes with AK-47s and tactical gear. So then um, when the media pushes images like that, obviously, out, you know, people just absorb it. And over time, it's just been in, in movies, all kinds of movies and stuff. Oh, the bad guys have body armor and they're built up to look like, you know, this bad non-police force. Mm-hmm. Um so a lot of people are, you know, oh, why do you need that? Same thing with, like, having uh, a tactical helmet or night vision or any of that stuff. Technically, none of it's illegal. There's a lot of people that want it to be. Um, just like how right now, uh, like, suppressors, right, or silencers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you don't need that. Like, well, I think maybe you should 
play with a suppressor a little bit and understand what it does or doesn't do um, before you start going out there, you know, uh, campaigning for why other people don't quote unquote need to have it. Um, like your standard AR-15 we were talking about, right? Two, two, three, five, five, six round moves with such velocity. A suppressor just basically makes it so you, and not even all the time, in some instances will make it quiet enough. You don't have to wear hearing protection. It's not whisper quiet. No, no. And that's, I, I know that the term silencer is actually like a misnomer. It's a suppressor because it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. silence anything. It's not like you can't hear it. The it technical just... term on the patent from like 1913 or something is, oh. is silencer. And that's why that term exists. But yeah, it's a suppressor. All it does is just lower the decibels and it's still really freaking loud. Um, either have to shoot really, really tiny rounds, like a 22 right, to get it super quiet. Or in some instances, like... I think like a 300 blackout, which is just another AR round, but it's more expensive. You have to get either supersonic or subsonic, like expensive ammunition that is designed to work in the the sound barrier different ways. Um, But right now we already have legislation against it. Like it's the National Firearms Act. You have to submit $200 and a tax stamp application that goes through the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. And they have to approve it before you can have the suppressor. And then when you get it, it has to be serialized. Like they have to engrave it with a serial number so it can be tracked. And if any transfer happens, same process repeats itself. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And and did you say that firearms, tobacco, and alcohol are all umbrellaed under the same? The ATF? Yeah, the the BATFE, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and – yeah, ATF. So technically, ATF can – it seems like alcohol and tobacco never really get any attention anymore, so they should probably just rename that agency because um, it's like now we're legalizing weed and stuff, and it's like cool. Um, That's an odd grouping. The three of them, I, I yeah, I can see cigarettes and apparently and, uh, tobacco and alcohol going together because they're consumables technically, but I, I don't see the correlation with uh, I with have fire no and how idea. they're nope. And I um. Apparently, I'm told, <laughs> illegal tobacco sale is actually still quite a lucrative business and people still get arrested for it today. Illegal tobacco? Well, yeah. You have to be, you have to be licensed in a, or some kind of certified distributor of, of cigarettes and stuff. Who would yeah. have thought? Black market I, tobacco. I mean, I, as somebody yeah. that's been... I mean, I've been smoking cigarettes for a Well, it's years. not like it's an illegal brand. It's just that it's being sold from... Like somebody steals it from a distributor and they sell it off the back of a truck Some black to a party style, store. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. But yeah I would have never... Th- I would have never even so, and considered that. To get the tax stamp of approval... And it's usually... People do it for one of three things with the tax stamps. Two of which are for your suppressor. One mm-hmm. is to buy one from a store, which these things are not cheap. Like the cheap ones are really crappy. And yeah. the good ones are like 800 to $1,600. Um, and the wait time to get that tax stamp back, um, I've heard people get it back in like three months. Um, Sam, my co-host here, uh, I believe he told me his took like 14 months to come back. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then if you're already waiting like Lexi is to actually get your license in the first place and then you have to wait for that. I mean, this could turn I mean, out to be a several all, year process. Yeah, it all Start to finish, up. really. Um, you can also submit a tax stamp if you want to build a suppressor, if you want to manufacture one yourself, there's companies on it and sell the kits for it, but then you're paying, you're still paying the $200. Um, it's a little bit shorter turnaround, I think, mm-hmm. uh, at least from what I've heard, cause I've not gone through it. Um, and, um, then you have to take like the components you buy to like a machine shop and have it drilled out like the special sizes and everything. So like, it's still 
kind of a hassle. Um, but then the third part of the NFA is that you can't have a rifle uh, that has to be at least 26 inches overall length from the, the end of the buffer tube, which is not the stock um, necessarily. Uh, I can show you that later too, but it's uh, the end of the buffer tube to the end of the, the barrel has mm-hmm. to be at least 26 inches. If it's shorter than that and you have a stock on it, it's illegal. It's technically considered a short-barreled rifle. Okay. And you have to do a tax stamp and engraving on that as well. Or if there's like, then it can be in any other weapon and it's not really a rifle. It's a firearm. And there's all kinds of like intricacies and loopholes built in for things like pistol braces and stuff. So you have a shorter barrel and a brace is just a rubber strap. Oh. It just goes around your forearm. It was designed for somebody in a wheelchair to be able to shoot an AR. Oh. Um, and there's been all kinds of stuff that's gone back and forth with that on whether they're legal or not. And you know, so there's a lot to it, but we already have all these laws on the books uh, restricting access. And some states have the waiting period for three to ten business days or something before you can buy a gun. Um, background checks are a thing. Yeah, I've never had to wait. Mm-hmm. Like mine usually go through in like five minutes because I'm not. You're not going to be flagged. <laughs> well, right. I'm, I'm never, and I'm sure there's law-abiding people that have been flagged for stuff, and it's like, well, it just it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um right after the lockdown started and they ruled that gun stores could like stay open um sportsman's warehouse out by like uh, oakland mall mm-hmm. um they actually had a sign on the door saying they couldn't sell guns because that week or week and a half there there were so many gun sales nationwide that it crashed the background check system the nics Holy yeah cow. yeah so we do have as people tell oh, we need to have background checks like well we already do have background checks mm-hmm. you know it's not uh, that we don't have them now, and I and one of the things I do agree with is you know this gun show loophole where it seems like some of these um, weapons used in in these tragic events are obtained, um, you know through private sale and and in gun shows. The gun show thing, if you're at a gun show as a distributor of firearms, I feel like you should have access to run a background check, and you can do it via cell phone. When Lexi went and bought her her carry gun that she has, she got it in, like, January. The guy literally just called on his cell phone in front of us. He didn't, like, punch it in the computer or anything. He just called. Yeah, it is it is doable. Yeah, it is. Um, the private sale thing, I think it's just a way to try and shift liability. Um, I've never done a private sale. Like, here, I'm going to sell you one of my guns. I know there's a legal process for it. I don't know what it is. Yeah, so therefore, as a first-time buyer, I don't think I would go to the local... Gibraltar Trade Center show, which hey, you know, don't don't diss on Gibraltar. That's where I bought my first gun. But I, I think, but there was an actual dealer involved. <laughs> right, is, is somebody that would is is leery to the process, and as a first time buyer, I I would I know that I would try to do things. hundred percent. The cross the T's, the dot the I's. I mm-hmm. would probably go to a Cabela's or there's the Brown Bear by me, and like check them out, see yeah. if you know, see different. Uh, you know, places. Um, but I, I have heard a little bit about the the whole gun show loophole yeah. um, from my other friends, mm-hmm. Trish and Jeff, who's showed me their comparative... Uh, Data? Yes, yes. I'm assuming they're they're very anti-gun. No, they're quite the enthusiasts. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. they, um, they are who had the um, the 9mm and the AR that I shot, and they took me to the gun range with them. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, they, they have a couple now. Um she has one or two, and he's 
He's got a couple as he's well of uh, different. Yes, <laughs> that's always he's, the way it works. He's a weapons enthusiast, though. I mean, he's got a couple of cool like samurai swords and like a katan, and they they have um, they have they have a cool little collection over there. That sounds like a bunch of good stuff all rolled together. It is. It is. But yeah, I mean, so there's there's all that's you know there's already all these laws on the books that aren't, and it's just they're not enforced, um, or it's illogical to try and enforce some of these like. Um, Right now, one of the proposed, I think it's HR 127 is the bill that's that's up right now. Um, and what that's going to do, if it passes, and I don't think it will, because it's so out there for a m- number of reasons, um, but it's one of like Joe, President Biden's <clears throat> um, campaign points, uh, is it's going to require you to get a license to, to have a firearm. Not to carry it, just to have one that has to be licensed. So therefore, again, like I was saying, the, the government has the ability to regulate who can have a gun and who can't. So what is the <clears throat> what is the negativity with that? Because to me, in my mm-hmm. brain, I I didn't see an issue with that. Or like mm-hmm. to me, it's like yeah, I feel like you should go through some sort of and and that's the checking thing. i guess so what so on on the opposite side so what what is the issue with so from face value it sounds like a good idea just cuz mm-hmm. we we license everybody for cars to drive and stuff right yeah absolutely <clears throat> um the the issue is how do you start building the parameters for who can and can't own a gun it's where where do you draw like, the well, line as to what cuz it would require a psychological evaluation mm-hmm. it's like okay so if anybody who's ever on antidepressants I mean, my mother's fine. She was on antidepressants. When our family business burned down, she went through a tremendous, like she lost her brother to cancer and within a year and a half lost the family business. And, you know, it was like a real rough three years and, you know, she was on some medication. So does that mean that you're flagged or maybe you're on some kind of blood uh, pressure medicine that could cause some kind of depression? Right. So it's like where, if, if that gets implemented, where do you draw the line as to who's allowed and what isn't? Yeah. And that's really perfectly uh, docile person. And then what's, you know, and, or, or, oh, you know, you were dishonorably discharged or an other than honorable discharge from the military. Mm -hmm. Well, now you have, you know, quote unquote, military grade weapons training, but you're a danger to society. It just, it's become so subjective to who's defining those parameters um, and it's, it's guaranteed in the second amendment, right? We right. as citizens have the right to keep and bear arms Absolutely. With, and it's to help us keep the government in check. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I, I understand at face value, it looks really attractive, but right. just like a lot of things like communism and socialism, just cause it sounds good on paper doesn't mean in practical application that it'll necessarily be as good good of an idea right it's too big of a gray area it's not so black and white there too much falls into the the in-between yeah and and the the bad part about that then is because it's regulated by the government with that there's a stipulation built in the department of justice has to maintain a publicly accessible database of who has firearms and what they have exactly so if you're one of these people that for whatever reason gets rejected for a firearm you can just dial up the old Google and figure out, oh, well, John down the street has like seven rifles. I'll just go rob him. Uh-huh. And it's like a shopping list for um, – so th- that I think is just negligent if that were to pass that part of it. Yes. Um, but in addition to that, so that's an additional f- uh, financial responsibility having to pay for this license. And 
again, it sounds fine, but like if those of you who don't live in Michigan, we renew our license plate tabs every year on our birthday. So imagine, Happy birthday. yeah, and like <laughs> I, we get pissed. It's like you know, goddamn, on our hundred fifty dollars on my effing birthday for my tabs, my license yeah. plate. What's it going to cost for a firearm license? In addition to that, this bill also says that they're going to include all firearms and magazines under the NFA we were just talking about. Okay. So that means that you have to pay a $200 tax stamp for every single firearm that you own. And then it has to be, if it's not serialized, it has to be serialized and it's kept in that database. So let's say you own one AR Mm -hmm. and one handgun. That's 400 bucks. Then like this Glock 17 training pistol, this is real gun. They sell this gun with three magazines typically. So that's another $600 for the gun before you even touch ammo. Your AR-15 that you own, maybe you have four magazines, right? One for the gun and three spares, whatever. So that's an additional $800. And then you're going to be required to have, I believe it's government-sponsored, might not be, but you're, you're then you're going to be required to have insurance, gun owner insurance, which if they mandate what kind that is, who knows what that could cost. So then at that point, protection becomes a luxury, not a necessity or an innate. You're essentially pricing right. out your average citizen, making it so... I mean, for people who are enthusiasts and hunters, if you own 10 guns, before you even look at magazines, that's $2,000 right off the top. Right, which most people... So living in certain areas <clears throat> where you would... If I were to live in certain areas, having a gun would be no question. Yeah. And typically in more urban areas, you do have a lot of lower income residents. So that wouldn't even be accessible. That wouldn't even be an option yeah. to that. And, and it's funny, you know, you just, yeah, you just hit it right on the head. It's not accessible for low income families, right? Mm-hmm. What do we talk about t- all the time today? Access to quality health care, yeah. access to quality education for low income families. Why is the right to self-defense then somehow monetized subpar yeah then. absolutely you know what i mean it's essentially almost like a step backwards and that's not to, and, and i'm not trying to prioritize gun ownership over education and healthcare. i think everything is important obviously in different ways absolutely but if if that's what we're really striving for which right now we have a huge movement for equality in this country that's I mean, it's right there on the list. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's number. Um, it's literally number two yeah, on the list. <laughs> right after, and and that's actually a good point. Is so if the Second Amendment were to be removed, right, um, through all this legislation, okay. Um, and I actually even had a friend tell me that the quote unquote Constitution was designed to be a living document, and nothing is off the table when we're talking about revising this document. Which is kind of bullshit, if you ask me, because there's some things I would I could look at it and say. Okay, maybe I could see that, but there's other things like, would you ever get rid of the First Amendment, which guarantees freedom of speech? Absolutely not. No, I exercise that right on an hourly basis. (laughs) As do we all, right? The internet. We all love Facebook. We all fight with each other over everything on Facebook. What protects you from... It's the First Amendment. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people look at it like the Second Amendment is the guardian or the gatekeeper to the First Amendment because Second Amendment is to protect from a tyrannical government, Right. What do, historically, you look at other countries, because it hasn't happened since the U.S. has been a country here, right? And other countries, what do they take away? First, your, your freedom of speech, absolutely. I mean, there First, are countries... they disarm the citizens, and then they take away your freedom of speech absolutely. because propaganda, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, and 
you know, look at Nazi Germany, look at, uh, there's a lot of, basically it's a lot of communist and socialist countries where things start getting bad. The government doesn't want the people going, wait a minute, they don't know what they're doing. We want, we want a different government. We want a different, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? We don't want them saying that. They can't say that. There's a lot of countries where people, their citizens are still not allowed to speak any negativity against their leaders. And it's... highly punishable is sometimes mm-hmm. if not a you know a capital offense but you know we at least have the ability to say you know what i don't really like this guy anyways. in charge or whatever and and nobody's going to come busting down my door absolutely and it's not to say you can say whatever you want i mean inflammatory speech is i mean we still have libel we still absolutely. Have, you know, and slander and stuff and um you can't go into a crowded movie theater and shout fire absolutely. you know i mean it's not without reason reasonable restriction but we can express but. our distaste for our leaders without yeah. getting you know, imprisoned, <laughs> thrown decapitated. In, thrown in the pokey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's, so, and, and it really, when you start putting it in that kind of context, it starts to make more sense. And it's, a tre- I mean, it's a tremendously complicated issue. Absolutely. There's not a, a clear cut answer to any of it. But I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, if I, I personally, obviously I love firearms. I think it's great. I think that it's a responsibility, you know, I, absolutely. If, if you're going to own a firearm, um, you're like you're ex- it's your choice to accept that responsibility to both own it and be responsible for what happens with it that's you know legal and obvious but in my opinion then you should be a competent and confident um, gun owner you know just like driving a car Abs- you know I, I, mean? I was like, just thinking about your car your yeah. your car comparison earlier that's absolutely right I mean you think of a car and that's you don't think of that as a dangerous weapon but it absolutely is well especially when you look you just, at the statistics more people die in car accidents than they do from gun violence or gun deaths in general including suicides every year oh I, f- I fully believe that yeah. it's you know it's a it's a but it's machine it's, that you're supposed to be responsible of and exactly. supposed to be competent enough to operate and but it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's inconvenient to look at that issue and go, well, what are we going to do without cars? Like, well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I you we rely on them, right? Mm-hmm. So th- people don't like that argument, you right. know, and it's the same thing with like okay, alcohol, tobacco, like people die from lung cancer all the time. Right. People die from uh, was liver failure with yeah liver failure with Cirrhosis, alcoholism yeah, yeah absolutely. you know what I mean and it's like I, I, you gotta die of something you know mm-hmm. so to an extent I almost get sick of hearing those arguments like yeah. but it's like well if you want to look at the numbers here you know and going off of like an older video I saw from like 2018 um, that Stephen Crowder did and I don't know if you're familiar with him he's like a conservative YouTuber personality um, he's pretty funny I'm not much but, of a, a YouTuber okay. Um, since I've been working from home, I've become a, a very avid YouTuber. Um, and he, he makes me laugh. I don't agree with everything he says, mm-hmm. but like, I agree with a lot of, well, cause he, him and like Ben Shapiro, like they, they ground everything in fact that yeah. they like, okay, well, it's really hard to, to fight facts when it's sitting there in front of you. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not just personal opinion, but, um, I watched one of his videos. Um, it's like, uh, he, he's the guy from the meme. Um, you can change whatever the text is, but it's like, Cats are the greatest thing ever. Change my mind. And it's a guy sitting yes, at the table. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, <laughs> we does. all, if you're on, if you're on Facebook, we, everybody knows that meme. Yeah. yeah. So he's the guy that does the change my mind segments. Okay. So he does cool. like, um, like, uh, oh, toxic masculinity is fake. Change my mind. Or, um, Ooh, interesting. you know, stuff like, yeah. So he, <laughs> and he addresses a lot of, in, of uh, and he sits down and he has like civilized conversation and stuff, yeah. but he did a, he's like, I'm pro second amendment. Change my mind. And at, 2018 going off of like cdc statistics Mm -hmm. 
approximately 30,000 gun deaths in the U.S. Wow. Um, a year. If you take out suicide, it's somewhere between 12 and 16,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's con- so, See, again, that's concerning to me from the suicide standpoint. Like, it just... I instantly yeah. go to the psychological aspect, but to, so it's in half essentially. Yeah. That's that's wild. Well, and that's what you know. And, and again, you know, so then we have things from the media that go back to like, this is a public health crisis. Like, well, no, COVID nineteen is a public health crisis. <laughs> Gun violence is not a. I mean, you can use a lot of words to describe it, right? I don't think public health crisis is quite it. No, that's not the um, most apt. Uh, but now, because we're so used to hearing public health crisis, pandemic, uh, whatever nomenclature, you know, trigger words, uh, mm-hmm. that's you throw that out there. That's what gets people elected. That's what the masses want to see. That's what makes headlines. Absolutely. And then there, there will be a point where we just become completely and totally desensitized to the term, like anything else that gets overly used. I mean, you like... I think if I were to be watching the news or not watching the news, but it was on near me and I heard the word public health crisis, I don't even know if I would look yeah. or think anything of it. Because, again, like as you said, how many times have we heard that in the last year? Yeah. There is it, it kind of starts to lose its efficacy after it gets you just you get. Yeah, you get desensitized falsely to used. It. And that's and I've even heard people say that about gun culture mm-hmm. is we need to make our fellow Americans desensitized to guns. Because the way people react right now is so fear-driven because of a lack of understanding and education. Um, it's no better or worse than anything else. Right. It really isn't. It's the person that's wielding it that Absolutely. is really, you know, um, you have to be worried about, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an, like I said, it's an incredibly complex issue. But I, I that's why I, I stop watching the news altogether and I will go to online uh, news outlets and try and get my news um or if i hear about something like something shared on facebook i'll go search it look at that specifically yeah instead yeah. of waiting f- through 45 well, minutes because something we've gotten really good at since lockdown well i before that since social media really mm-hmm. um is like um being woke right uh the outrage mob the thing that, that it bothers me about that is the mob mentality that comes with so many of these problems um that like you don't get the facts. You don't research it. Honestly, nine out of ten times, most people don't even read the damn article. They just oh, see absolutely. this Share. inflaming headline, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, Republicans vote against, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, but why'd they vote against it? Oh, well, because it included like a twenty percent tax increase for working class Americans. And it's like, oh, that's what you. I mean, and I'm I'm completely that's the only sentence up, you read out of the five paragraphs, you, you know, or I mean, you know, that's they, all you they took they away from it. One piece out of it instead mm-hmm. of really looking at it, and um, that's you know, but that's what. You, oh, hey, they voted against whatever, and that's why I'm gonna be pissed. I'm just gonna share, 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 share. Well, that's just the, the that's the classic definition of ignorance mm-hmm. is just not knowing, and especially when it comes to, um, you know, hot topics, people just to hear they hear the one sentence or they hear the one mm-hmm. fact amongst the 15 and that's what they stick with and that's what they run with and then that's what people go and share and tell their friends but they're spreading inf- misinformation well right and it's it's the same thing with firearms culture you Absolutely. know like suppressors make the gun whisper quiet you don't need that you know um 
body armor means that the police can't stop you if you do something wrong. Like, mm, But no. you said earlier, because yeah. you, you got me thinking about the body armor thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said it's a plate just slightly larger than a piece yeah, of paper. Here, hold on. And especially, so especially if you're a larger human, so for me it would probably cover up a... See, that, I don't feel like that would protect me at all. That's teeny tiny. Yeah, this is a... This one's actually steel. But this is just a spare one I have. Um, That's sm- It looks smaller than a piece of paper. It's really... It... it, 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 it covers your vital organs you can still get shot in the gut um i'm a guy so i can get shot in the dick like that's you know like <laughs> i kind of was thinking of that earlier yeah. i was like if there's a police if the police or swat or there is somebody involved in a situation and there is a bad person wearing that you have the 80 percent other parts of their body that you mm-hmm. can still shoot and get them down i yeah. mean take them out of the knee i i can go Legs, italian style knees. and take them out of the kneecaps well, <laughs> you know i mean they're not getting anywhere well and you know, and people are like, oh, well, and it like, oh, you can, like, cops, why don't police officers just shoot somebody in the leg to stop them? You know, you don't need to kill the guy. Well, you know, there's major arteries in your leg that if you sever that, you're going to bleed out in, like, 20 seconds and you're done. Oh, definitely. And the movies make it look easy, right? Well, I'll just shoot him in the leg. Like, yeah, just like everything else in the movies. Like, that's that's the hard <laughs> thing is the, the whole shoot to kill thing. And um, when I think or talk, you know, with other people about... um purchasing a gun they're like Corey you know you have the the rule is shoot to kill and that's where my hesitance and that is 110 percent the last thing I ever tell anybody to say when they talk about that really legally um and this came up in my concealed carry class and and you know Lexi confirmed in hers too and it's it's just it's a different way of saying the same thing yeah Mm -hmm. essentially you're shooting to kill right you're shooting to stop the threat Right. So if it kills him, it kills him. That's unfortunate. If it doesn't, okay, fine. But the point is that you're in fear of your life or somebody else's life or great, you know, grievous bodily harm, whatever. Um, you're just, you're shooting to stop the threat. At some point, it's a me or you. Yeah. And that's what kills me um, once you, you, you know about this stuff, right? And you look at, um, like, not really leaked, but uh, like police body cam footage and some statistics and things. And people go, well, you don't need more than five or 10 rounds in a handgun. You don't need that. Okay, well, you shot a 9mm, and that's... 9mm is the FBI's going back to it, um, most law enforcement agencies, because, you know, capacity, your same gun, this Glock 17 holds 17 rounds of 9mm, and 40, uh, which is one step up, it holds about 12. Oh, Just because it's a little bit larger round. Right. In in 45 ACP, um, I think it's like 10. Okay. So, you know, just physics, dimensions, sizes, and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of people shoot 9mm, and it's cheaper which is on a budget for police departments and law enforcement, duh. Um, there's body cam footage of police officers, you know, shooting people. Seven, Multiple eight, times nine, and they're still coming at them. Ten times, and if they're on, you know, some kind of drug or something, or, God forbid, you know, if the police officer's not that great of a shot and he misses a couple of them, you know, wide right, wide left. Um, <clears throat> you know, Which would it's, be my issue when it comes well, to that. And that's what, you know, and, and it's like, okay, that's a whole separate, you know, thing with defund the police right now. It's like you've shot a firearm Mm -hmm. and you know how hard it can be to hit that piece of paper with that nine millimeter when you're standing still, right? Let alone on the move, jacked up on adrenaline and like scared for your life, possibly on the ground. Maybe they shot. And your target's moving. Maybe they shot you. Maybe you only Mm -hmm. got one hand. Right. You know what I mean? Like uh, there's a lot. It gets kind of complex uh, when you start looking at it so like, oh, you don't need more than 10 rounds you know or, or president biden when he's campaigning if you have more than 10 rounds or five rounds in your rifle it, 
forget the deer, man. You're a danger to yourself. Like, no, it's not, it's not entirely true. I think it's really disingenuous to say that you're a danger to yourself and others purely off of capacity. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, that's I mean, one, that of the, one of the school depends shooters. Depends on who's holding it. They, they looked at, uh, used an AR style rifle in a state where they banned capacity, uh, magazine capacities over 20 rounds. Mm-hmm. So what did he do? He filled a backpack with 20 round magazines. Right. So he just reloaded more often because, again, there's nobody there shooting back. And it's like, okay, I mean, I get, I get what you're getting at mm-hmm. with a lot of these suggested things, you know. Um, but you start looking at, and, and the, the crazy part is a lot of these politicians and, and people that are activists or um, keyboard warriors on Facebook that think they know everything, uh, a lot of them never shot a gun before or Absolutely. have shot, like, a hunting rifle. And it's like, well, you know. That if you don't have like I I if you don't have um, some kind of knowledge base to draw off of, how can you form a complete and educated opinion? No, you can't really speak to what you don't know. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> so I I have shot many firearms in my life. My my stepdad was a hunter, and he you know tried to instill that in me, or that was yeah. that was the only thing he could really uh, you know teach me. So he he did his damnedest with a an eight year old girl. He got me a. 22 hot pink you know little thing and he was like here you go <laughs> yeah um which is awesome i think that that's, yeah, that's it's, awesome so it, it makes me a little <clears throat> as somebody that is i don't want to say uncomfortable but definitely not comfortable it makes me more comfortable but even having that experience or you know a little bit of experience that i had it it doesn't at least i am aware that I have mixed opinions and mixed emotions based on my experiences. Which is healthy, but, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, for, as you said, you know, people that have probably never even shot a gun or don't have any training, have never had to sit there and watch a gun training VHS tape. Some of those are kind of rough. Well, yeah, of course. But it's, <laughs> it's almost, I think a lot of things are a rite of passage in life. But for somebody to, you know, think that you're a danger to yourself, but... Yeah, not and have it's, and again, that's, personal experience to back up that those statements. Well, and again, that could be more closely tied to like psychological issues mm-hmm. than it is to an actual gun issue. A gun, I mean, you can commit suicide with a knife, a length of rope, you know, like you pills. There's people that I would trust with 50 magazines, and yeah. people that I wouldn't trust with one single bullet. Yeah, and, well, that's, and that's that's all. It's that's the tough the, part is is how do you address that issue? I just I I don't. It's like. And I've seen this meme shirt a ton lately. Mm-hmm. And like the first time I was like, huh. And now I'm like, all right, it's not funny anymore. It's like police officers knocking on some lady's door and here, we're taking your car away for a drunk driver that you don't know who killed people in a different state. And it's like, yeah, it's shared a lot in like pro second amendment groups, which okay. don't always attract the most educated element either. I'm not saying we don't have room for improvement. Oh, I'm seeing the correlation. Okay. So you know it's like I mean? the, the but we're taking the your gun because somebody else broke the law. One bad apple ruins the whole Bunch. Right, you and know, it, so there's always somebody that has to ruin it for the rest. Right. So let me. So let me ask. Do you have other questions? Anything about firearms specifically, rather than like just like? So we talked a lot about this, and it's been great. Yeah. But I mean. Um. So earlier you said um something about a, a firearm versus a rifle. So there's yeah. a difference between a firearm and a rifle. So legally speaking, yes. Okay. Um, so a rifle is anything that is. Uh, how can I put this uh, without getting like two legalese on it? Um, like 
on the wall over there. It's a 16 inch, the top one. That's actually Lexi's. She built that. Um, it's got a 16 inch barrel. Mm-hmm. The overall length is 26 inches or greater. So that's technically considered a rifle. What now? What you can have is a. It's shorter than a 16 inch barrel, mm-hmm. but your overall length is still 26 inches or greater. Um, usually, what that means is you like your muzzle device. Yeah. What's at the very end yep. is like pinned and then welded on it so it can't be removed. Um, that's people get a shorter barrel length out of out of them that way. Usually only saves you like an inch and a half or inch and a quarter. Mm. Um, you can also, uh, if you have like um, the the one that's below it, so above the shotgun, yeah. um, that's my AR pistol. Because it has a pistol brace on it, technically it falls under pistol laws. That big thing is a pistol? Something big, but yeah. See, to, to yeah. me, I think of a pistol as a handgun or so, something. So legally speaking, right? Smaller. <laughs> yeah, you think of a handgun. So with a handgun, right, with concealed carry license in your vehicle, you can carry this on your person loaded. This handgun. Well, I'm, I'm holding this this training this Glock plastic pistol. It's still it's still yeah. the yellow gun. <laughs> right, the safety gun. Um, so that's legal, right? You can carry that on my person while I'm driving around doing my grocery shopping, whatever. You pull over by a cop, just gotta let them know. Hey, I'm I'm armed. Here's my permit. And everything. Yes. In your vehicle, when you have a rifle, it has to be unloaded. Cannot be transported loaded. So you can carry that around loaded, but you can't yes. carry that around loaded. The one on the top, the rifle. Now, the AR pistol, because it's got a pistol brace on it, it's technically, according to law, a pistol. So that can be loaded with rifle rounds, rifle barrel, whole thing. It's it's a rifle, but it's because but technically legally. It's a pistol, so I can carry that around loaded with me as long as I have a CPL. And that's just an 11 and a half inch barrel. Um, the overall length on that is, yeah, you can go over there and check it out. Okay, yeah. this guy? This yeah, one? yeah, that's the one. That's what? Yeah, <laughs> that's so crazy. according to, uh, and then according to like, and I'm, I'm actually unclear on where it becomes in any other weapon for, or a slash firearm from a pistol. I think it's if you have an overall length of 26 inches but your barrel is shorter than 16 it gets it gets really convoluted right. um and that's the thing people are like well you you don't need a short barrel rifle because then you can hide that thing under all kinds of stuff it's you're like, not hiding well, that anywhere probably not um no, that, that one actually, huge that one actually folds the stock on that one will fold okay but still okay even me i'm wearing yeah. a baggier sweatshirt where would i put that under a trench coat like a creepy flasher or something i don't know right and if i see yeah. somebody walking like that i'm probably walking to the other side of the street anyways not even knowing what they got up under there yeah i mean movies have if they've taught me anything it's the guy with the trench coat has a shotgun or I'm, or yeah, another uh, piece of something yeah, that something. i don't want to see under yeah. there <laughs> some other equipment that you're not wanting to see yeah so there's a ton of, and same thing with shotguns you can't have a shorter barrel uh than six inches on those because then it's a short barrel shotgun same thing gotta go through the nfa gotta get your tax stamp all that stuff. so it's more size related with the terminology then yeah but not blatant size like a small gun is this and a big gun is this it's more detailed they semantics a, about yeah they look a lot of barrel length barrel length yeah that um, seemed to be what you were saying a lot because which is weird because uh with like the five five six two two three round that these ar shoot mm-hmm. um that that round performs optimally for killing people right or, or inflicting damage in the 20 or 18 inch barrel lengths, <laughs> which is longer. So you would think that 
maybe that would be what you didn't want people to have without a permit or something special. But no, um, and as actually as you get shorter with the barrel lengths, um, you actually start to see less performance, ballistically speaking, out of that same round um, because it doesn't have enough and this is getting into like some really scientific terms, but it's not enough dwell time in the barrel to build up rotation and velocity of the round um, to make it as effective as it could be. Oh, interesting. Um, the okay. shorter it gets. Now, yeah. you can, it can still be effective. It's still obviously a gun and it can cause damage, but it can't reach out effectively to as great a distance the shorter the The, the precision is. changes a little um, bit. And Crane, which is a company that gets contracted by the government for all kinds of weapons testing and optics testing and stuff, figured out that 10.3 inches is about as short as you want to go with one of those before you start seeing a drastic fall off in ballistic performance. Right. And the last thing you want is an unreliable. Well, you just want, don't want it to be, I mean, right tool for the right job. You mm-hmm. know, if you want to go somewhere that's that small, you could look at something in a pistol, like look at a handgun. Yeah. If it really needs to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't, but, but politicians that pass these laws don't understand all that. They just look at, oh, well that's small and it can be concealed easily. And that's the dangerous part. And I get, I guess to some degree, there's a little bit of logic to that. Um, but really, the the biggest advantage to having a shorter barrel is it's easier to move around in, indoors. It's like home defense, shorter barrel, get through doorways and stuff. Like, cool, Absolutely. easier to shoot than a handgun. Um, but the other issue you get with that is like penetration. You don't want to shoot through your wall into your neighbor's house or something. Right. If the bullet needs to stop eventually. Well, yeah, that's why we look at like self-defense ammunition, which again is something that's regulated in some states. Um, you can't have hollow point rounds, um, which... Are the hollow points the ones that uh, splinter out? Yeah, they like mushroom out. Yeah. And it, it harvests more meat in layman's terms, mm-hmm. but also when you when it opens up like that, it's more surface area resistance. And it's going to help slow the round down. Um so it won't over penetrate and go through one person and out them into the next or okay you know through a wall right, or something right. so not to say it can't happen it's just that's why self-defense rounds like a it creates a larger hole as it's traveling through the person well larger hole means it stops them yeah right better. yeah absolutely that's um, the whole premise but uh yeah so less less penetration um which is why you see certain law enforcement agencies look at nine millimeter versus like 40 45 10 millimeter Stuff like that. Or people talk about shotguns for home defense. Again, a slug will go through drywall, will go through a wood stud, will go through your house siding. Ooh. You know, and that's, again, that's all stuff you got to, like, consider when you're picking a home defense weapon. And, yeah. again, and be uh, responsible and, and competent with it, right? <laughs> you know, train with it, marksmanship, things like that. Have Have a good either optic or sights or put a flashlight on it. I think that's a pretty necessary accessory with almost anybody but yeah that makes that makes sense there's still people that don't like my father doesn't agree with needing a flashlight on his yet he doesn't know it but he's definitely getting one as a gift (laughs) (laughs) like he i think anybody if you have a gun for home defense you need to have a white light on it you need to you need to be able to see what you're shooting at because it could just be somebody coming home late right absolutely i feel like most of these things would happen in the dark so it would be wise to see what you're shooting at yeah yeah it makes Pretty seems pretty sense, simple right? yeah yeah but again this is one of those things when you people like when I, if i pull out one of these rifles and it's got you know a flashlight on it and stuff so we need the flashlight for why does it look all tactical like so i can see because common sense bro not seeing what you're may or may not shooting is more dangerous than seeing what you are shooting right right yeah so i mean and and but then it's it's dressed up in the movies and through the media to look like it's something bad 
and it's just really being thought well thought out prepared and if anything more just um more safe i guess really yeah absolutely i mean if if you don't know what you're wielding then that's where the danger comes in where Mm -hmm. like anything else you were just saying you know you were talking about the um likely to um share articles that you haven't even read it it, Mm -hmm. it's again it's just having that knowledge and and doing a little bit of that self-research on what the proper weapon or i i I call it a weapon it is a weapon but um you know thing for you to have and possess and to use that you're comfortable with that you're going to have as least amount of hesitation as possible when the moment comes that you need right. to use it. I'm going to have more hesitation using it, something that scares me versus right. something that I'm comfortable with. Well, and legally speaking, you're still responsible, right? Absolutely. Every round that leaves that chamber, yeah. every round that you fire, you're responsible for where that ends up. Absolutely. So if that, whether that kills your home intruder or it shoots your child, your dog, um, inadvertently hits the kid in the next house. Right. If it's going through your vinyl siding, then you need to be aware of the fact that whatever you chose and paid for will do that. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying, you know, responsible gun ownership, like is it, it it is that it is a responsibility. Um, if you're choosing to be accountable for, right, for your own protection, your own family's protection, there's responsibilities to come with. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Shooting's a ton of fun. I love practicing. I love training and doing all that stuff. Um, but it, it doesn't come without, you know, legal responsibilities and, and things that go with it. Yeah, and, there there's absolutely going to be repercussions with something like that. And you have to take all of those into consideration when doing your research yeah. on what and what one's going to be the right fit for you. And most, on a, and most, if not all, pro-gun individuals, pro-2A individuals are not even trying to fight those facts. Mm-hmm. They just want to preserve the right. Absolutely. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? So do you have any other questions? Um, if you, I mean, if you don't, weapon, it's cool. I, I, I kind of do. So no, just, but I just, um, something else that I was thinking about earlier, um, when it comes to just weapons in general. Uh-huh. So there's various, you know, laws and things that you can and can't do with, um, guns. But what about, do you have any opinions or do you have any information about other weapons? I know there's, um, Lengths of knives that you can and cannot carry. Yeah. You are not allowed to have brass knuckles, even though <laughs> I think brass knuckles are going to do a lot less damage than me having a firearm would. Yeah. Um, do, do you have any opinions on why some of those have different restrictions than something that can shoot somebody from um, 50 I, yards away? I mean, factually and legally speaking, um, I think it's... I don't even know what it is here in Michigan. I know mo- like the magic number in a lot of states is like three inches in blade length. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in like the UK, they don't want anything that locks open. Right. Because right. apparently that's going to be more dangerous. I, I think it's actually a, a non-locking knife that can close on yourself. And Yeah, that would um, that would be what I was You can guillotine of. your fingers. I would say that that's more dangerous. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know what our, res- I know you cannot care, uh, concealed carry a fixed blade oops, um a fixed blade knife in michigan unless you're hunting and a fixed blade just means it doesn't fold yes Think yes like Rambo just a, knife a or something. Knife. yeah yeah which i bought one specifically to help conceal carry and then i found that out it's like well that's like 35 bucks that i wasted oh well <laughs> you know um okay but uh honestly i mean like i like pocket knives and stuff i think they're a lot of most people carry them more for utility purposes yes, absolutely um 
or as like just an accessory piece. Like I play with mine during like conference calls and stuff mm-hmm. when I'm muted, you know, now we're working from home and stuff. Um, I, you know, and it's a good tool, for, mostly just opening all my damn Amazon boxes these days. But, yeah, absolutely. Most people uh, I know, as you said, they're more for utility purposes for day to day things, not necessarily you're not I, bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. And I think, but. um, it's just something that's easier to, again, to look at and say that's the problem because, you know, when you make all these gun laws and to curb violence and then either you, you don't stop any of, the, of it or maybe things get worse, well, what do you look at? Oh, well, that's got to be knives, mm-hmm. you know, because and there's the thing is people, if someone wants to go out and hurt somebody, they're going to find a way to do it, whether it's a car bombing or, or they drive a car through a cafe in France, you know, somebody did it with a van a couple of years ago. That was a big deal. Um or they're going to get knives instead of guns, or they're going to, you know, I mean, like, look, go through your local hardware store. Look at all the stuff you can mess somebody Absolutely. up with. A claw hammer. You know what I mean? Anything, like, yeah. Any Anybody with a, a deviated enough mind can can make anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not specifically up on, like, swords or anything, because that's just really not my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's some, some states have a lot of restrictions on blade length. Um, if it's assisted opening, like spring-loaded to deploy the blade, yeah, which I personally do not care for. Um, it's like I was a weird kid. I was a kid doing uh, yard work with my dad. He's pulling these trees out in the backyard and putting them in the back of his truck. And his switchblade that he got like in Florida on vacation opened up in his pocket, huh. and the blade was sticking out the side of his pants. He didn't realize it. So he's tying down these trees in the back of the truck and slides down the truck and takes out, like, goes down to bare metal on, like, his year-and-a-half-old pickup truck. Oh, my God. Um, he's lucky it was the truck and not his leg that it opened up on. He probably would have been happier with his leg than the truck because <laughs> um, it it cost him probably more in body work to have that thing fixed, that scratch fix, oh than if I would have to have the stitches done. but. Um, they restrict, uh, you know, the, whether it's a spring assisted or, um, one of these like out the front spring loaded deals and stuff. Um, I don't necessarily see a whole lot of point to it, but it's just, it's more like legal stuff. Okay. Um, and you're honestly probably more likely because the nature of, and this is again, just my opinion. And I think Sam would probably agree with me if he was here, but the, encounter with a knife you're so much closer and you're probably wrestling to some extent you're probably going to do more harm to yourself than good pulling out a knife um because if that gets taken from you then it's real easy to you know i mean right just because it's such a close range kind of scenario right with a firearm and any kind of de-escalation tactics like the first thing is create distance right Mm -hmm. keep yourself out of arm's reach you think fighting with your siblings right i mean anything like Give me the remote. No, I don't want the remote. No, give it here. And the first thing they do is come at you, right? They close that distance yeah. to try and take what they want. And what do you do? You run away, put your arm out, you know yeah. what I mean? Like de-escalate. Um, with a knife, it's just, it's, in my opinion, if you're not, if you don't know how to use it, you're probably just going to make it and worse on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. That, that's my awesome. thing. And I carry a pocket knife every day. I love knives. I spend way too much money on them purely from like a collector standpoint sort of i mean I, you can only carry one at a time and it only does so much but i yeah it's a guilty pleasure hey everybody's everybody's and my, got their and my, my wife lets me do it so there's that <laughs> a hard time. but yeah i mean as far as other weapons and stuff i mean um i know like pepper spray and mace and stuff uh, i think i don't think you have to have a cp you might have to have a cpl to use one of them Maybe it's mace, um, mace or bear spray or something like that. You might have to have a CPL to use in Michigan. Oh, um, okay. Depending on what 
what it liquid it is. Mm-hmm. And I could be totally wrong about that. Um, but I thought I'd read somewhere that depending on how strong it is or whatever, like the stuff you carry on your keychains. Yeah. <clears throat> obviously you don't, but if it's a certain strength or something, mm-hmm. yeah, you need to have a, a CPL license to, to carry that or to use. Well, that yeah, at that something. point that's a chemical weapon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, uh, yeah, I don't mess with any of that stuff anyways. I just, I carry a gun if I'm that worried about it. Right. Yeah. And that's why I got Lexi to carry a gun too is like, mm-hmm. I don't want to mess around with all that stuff. Plus Problem it, solved. there's no guarantee it's going to stop somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for all this information. I definitely yeah. know more now than I did an hour ago. Well, I, I thank you honestly for, for coming on and agreeing to, to talk about it. Cause I, it's like a unique opportunity when you get to teach or just share information. Um, and a lot of the people I have on here already know all this stuff. So we never really have this discussion. Right. Um, but no, it's good. And, and honestly, I, I really can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on to. Absolutely. To no, talk. thank you so much for having me. Hey, knowledge is power. And the more, you know, Absolutely. So that's all I got for you guys this week. Until next week, get out there, make sure you guys train, and as always, be prepared.